0: Today on Know the Truth, Philip de shares another message from the series Psalms of Trust Statements of Faith.
1: This is a wonderful part of Psalm 23. David was the author, we're the audience, but in the foreground, in the background, is the message of the gospel. This psalm points us towards the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, What? I'm the good shepherd.
0: Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCorsi encourages us to proclaim the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now this might seem challenging as the nightly news reports economic gloom and doom and rumors of wars and other daily tragedies, but Philip reminds us that God enters into our troubles with a radical call to trust the good shepherd. We're discovering how to lay hold of true peace, protection, and provision as Philip begins a study of Psalm 23. The message is titled More Than Adequate, and you'll find more at
1: ktt.org. Here's Philip now. David understood the life of a shepherd. He once was a shepherd himself. Psalm 78, 70 to 72 tells us that God took him from the sheepfolds of his father Jesse and made him the king and the leader in Israel to shepherd Jacob. And David knew that a good shepherd cares for, provides for, leads and defends his sheep. And not only does he do that, by his actions and his demeanor, he wants to gift the sheep a sense of sufficiency and security so that they can lie down in green pastures and they can come alongside the still waters and they need not fear. You see, what David was to his father's flock early in his life, God was nigh to David throughout his own life. God was a wonderful shepherd. In Psalm 95, verse 7, and Psalm 100, verse 3, God is described as a shepherd. The people of God are described as a people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. What David was early in life to his father's flock, God has been to him throughout life. God has been a wonderful shepherd. In fact, I would say that this idea of sufficiency and security is reinforced when we understand when David wrote this Psalm. It's my conviction, I think a number of the commentators agree with this, that David probably wrote this towards the end of his life. This is a testimony to how God has shepherded him through life. This is not the reflections of a naive youngster. This is the reflections of a mature man who has lived long enough to make enemies. This is the reflections of a man who has walked through very dark experiences. But he has come out the other side of it safe and sound, sufficient and secure because of the shepherd. I think that's true, that the confidence with which David speaks, he's brimming with blessing, he's swimming in confidence, comes because he has lived long enough to know that God is enough. He's an adequate man. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You'll notice in your English Bible, the word Lord is in capitals. That means this is the covenant name of God, the one who is the I am. Yahweh, a word that has at its heart the verb to be. This speaks of God's self-sufficiency, God's self-existence, the fact that God exists, virtue of the fact of his very nature. God always has been, always will be, and he is constant in his love, unbending in his holiness, relentless in his mercy, long in his patience. That's what he is. He's the I am. God has existed without our help. God is apart from the creation. God is dependent upon no one, while everything and anyone is dependent upon him. That's our word. And David is kind of making this argument. I don't want you to miss it because verse one is really a setup for the rest of the Psalm. As Ye Campbell Morgan said, when this is said, all is said. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I won't want for peace, because he makes me lie down. I won't want for guidance, because he leads me along the right path. I won't want for protection or comfort, because he's with me in the darkness. I won't want for provision, because he spreads a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and his goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And I won't want for hope, because heaven is my final destination. When this is said, all is said. And the reason David can say this I shall not want because the one who has no want is his shepherd. It's beautiful. Wasn't R.C. Sproul who said so wonderfully, God doesn't need me to be me for him to be him because he's the I am, but I need him to be him for me to be me. And that's what he was to David. Wasn't it Paul who said, who is sufficient for these things? Speaking of life and ministry. He says, but our sufficiency is from God, and God makes all grace abound to us in all sufficiency. That's why I gave this sermon the title, More Than Adequate. Now, we could immediately start Psalm 23, and I want to do that. That's why I decided to stretch this out over a couple of sermons, because before we actually look at three things about the shepherd this morning, I do want to remind you we've already acknowledged that David wrote this Psalm. David was himself a shepherd. God took him from being a shepherd to his father's flock and made him a shepherd to the people of Israel. And God shepherded David. God cared for the people of God by caring for the caretaker of the people of God. And God was to David what David needed to be for God. I love that thought understand that you were a shepherd, now be a shepherd to my people and I'll shepherd you. And highest in that thought is, God is always to us what he wants us to be for him. Whatever God calls you to do, whatever God asks you to be, you realize you don't have that, but you're not sufficient in yourself, your sufficiency is in God. And whatever God asks us to be, he will enable us to be. We're God's finger, points, God's hand provides. So it's written by David, but secondly, it's written to us. I want to squeeze this in. I don't want to jump over the introduction to this psalm, written by David, but written to us. This is a psalm of trust. This is like Psalm 46, Psalm 16, Psalm 11. These are psalms that express trust in God. In fact, this is a radical psalm of trust. And the reason I say that is because there is no prayer in this. There is no petition in this. There is no protest in this. This is a radical psalm of trust. It's just a lively statement about living realities. It's about what God is. It's not about what God was. It's not an appeal to God to be something in the future. It's what God is. The Lord is my shepherd, and here's what he does. Here's what he's doing. And David wants us to embrace that. This is a radical psalm of trust. This is a call to trust God. This is a call to swim in confidence that God is enough, that you need not fear, and you shall not want. You won't want what you need, to do God's will. J.J. Peron, the French commentator, said this, this psalm breathes throughout a spirit of the calmest and most assured trust in God. It speaks of a peace so deep, a serenity so profound, that even the thought of the shadows of death cannot disturb it. Don't you want that kind of peace? Don't you want to live with that calm confidence? In an interview several years ago, the author Larry Crabb told of how his brother died in a tragic airplane accident. In that interview, he shared honestly about his struggle, his struggle to embrace the mystery of God's providence. He wondered what good was in the bad, although that's promised by Romans 8, 28. In fact, here's what Larry Crabb said, He cried out to God, and these are the words he cried I know you are all I have, but I don't know you well enough to be all that I need. Just pause a moment and chew on that for a moment. Listen to his words I know you are all I have, but I don't know you well enough to be all that I need. That's honest. That's human. Here's what he's saying God, I don't know you well enough to be able to trust you and rejoice in you and treasure you when all I have left is you. I think often that's where we're at, but Psalm 23 wants us to move beyond that, wants us to find God alone as our treasure, to express trust in him, that he is enough when life turns south and when life turns sour. Okay, keep hanging in, written by David, written to us, thirdly and finally, and then we'll get to the text, written about Jesus, written about Jesus. This is a wonderful part of Psalm 23. David was the author, we're the audience, but in the foreground and the background is the message of the gospel. This Psalm points us towards the Lord Jesus Christ, who said what, I'm the good shepherd, John 10, I'm the great shepherd, Hebrews 13, I'm the chief shepherd, 1 Peter 5. Look, I was taught in my earliest days as a Christian, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The Bible is one whole story, and fundamentally, it's about Jesus Christ. It's about God's rescue mission toward a world that had turned its back on him, a world that had gone astray like sheep and turned away from God, and made a God of their own desires, and allowed their will to be sovereign in God's world. The message of the Bible is that God has set about rescuing a broken world, a rebellious planet, and he has set about doing that through Jesus Christ. That's the message of the Bible. That's why when Jesus is on the other side of his death and resurrection, having paid for our sins and having defeated death, he helps his disciples make sense of that, and in Luke 24, he says, okay, you can find this in Moses, you can find what I just did in the prophets, and you can find what I just accomplished in the Psalms. Think about that, Jesus is saying, you can find me in the Psalms, I'm in wonderful display in the Psalter, and you know what, that's true of Psalm 23. In fact, it's true of Psalm 22, 23, and 24. They form a trilogy on Christ the shepherd. Now, in John 10, he's the shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. And in Hebrews 13, he's the great shepherd brought back from the dead who equips us to do the will of God. In 1 Peter 5, he's the chief shepherd who comes back to reward true and faithful pastors and shepherds of the church. You can overlay those three titles on Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24. This book is inspired by God, my friend. In Psalm 22, you have the words that Jesus will take upon his lips on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a Psalm that anticipates the suffering of the Savior on the cross, the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. In Psalm 23, He's the shepherd who takes care of the sheep like the great shepherd who equips us to do God's will. And in Psalm 24, he's the king of glory who's coming back in glorious power to establish his kingdom on the earth. And in 1 Peter 5, he returns to reward his people. How beautiful is that? And you know what it reminds us? Something very important and why I've slowed my introduction down to show you that David wrote this to us about Christ. Because you must come to Psalm 23 through Psalm 22. If you're gonna know Jesus, the great shepherd who meets your needs, who guides you in life, who protects you in the midst of evil, you need to embrace him as the good shepherd who laid down his life for you. I hope today I'm speaking to an audience of people who know and love and follow Jesus Christ and who are living in the security and sufficiency of his love. You must come through Psalm 22 to get to Psalm 23. You must embrace Jesus the Savior if you're to enjoy Jesus the Shepherd. In fact, I was thinking about that this morning and I went back to a pastor of mine in Northern Ireland, Ivan Thompson, who I remember in a sermon one day said, I wanna make the gospel simple. He says, here's the gospel in a nutshell. Isaiah 53 verse six is the gospel in a nutshell. All we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid all of our iniquity on him. And here's what he said, so profound but so simple. If you will go in the first all and come out the second all, you'll be saved. That's what it means to become a Christian, to acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you've broken God's law, that you've exalted your will above his will, that you're like a sheep that's gone astray and you've turned away from God. You're living with your back to the Almighty. If you'll acknowledge that, you'll go in that first all and then come out the second all and acknowledge that God in an act of love and substitution put your sin on his son who was sinless and Jesus died on the cross for you, the just for the unjust. If you will embrace Jesus' atonement on your behalf and embrace the thought that he's conquered death and promised you eternal life, That's yours for the taking, my friend. Go in the first all and come out the second all. Okay, long introduction, but I hope a, a helpful one. I hope there's still edification in all of that. God wants us to learn the art of living the business of life with adequacy. And that indeed is the inheritance of the child of God. This is a Psalm written by David to us about Jesus. Now, let's start to look at the psalm itself. There's several things I want us to see. Remember, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When that is said, all is said. Everything that comes after that, we move from the general to the specific. We actually get to see what the shepherd does. Here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. Get your Bible open, Following along. The shepherd stills the sheep. The shepherd stills the sheep. He brings peace and a sense of security to the sheep. Look at verse two. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. See, it goes without saying that a shepherd will find food and water and rest for his sheep. He will lead them to green pastures See, the image here is of sheep lying down in green pastures. And from what I can tell in my research, sheep will not lie down while they're hungry. And so here's the picture of the shepherd leading his sheep to grazing ground that satisfies their need. And they lie down satisfied and sufficiently fed and at peace. He makes them to lie down in green pastures and he leads them beside the still waters sheep will not lie down when they are hungry, but sheep will not drink water from a fast-flowing stream. They're not good swimmers. They live in mortal fear of fast-flowing streams or gurgling water. I don't know if they sense it, but we know if they were to fall in with the wool on their coat getting saturated, it'll weigh them down and the stream might pull them under. All of that is a phobia to the flock of sheep. But a good shepherd takes care of that. In fact, here's something very interesting. Your English version kind of misses. You might have it in a marginal note on your Bible. He leads them or he leads me beside stilled waters. The Hebrew can be read as stilled waters or waters of quiet or waters of rest. Now, let me get the image behind that. Knowing the sheep's fear and phobia and concern for running water and the threat that it poses. My research tells me that an eastern shepherd would often, one with a staff, he would might dig a little channel off the side of the water or the stream, and then he would dig a little pool and the water would flow into the pool and be stilled be still, be quiet, and the sheep would gather at the side of the water, but drinking stilled water. Or sometimes he would take his staff and dislodge some rocks or boulders, and he would build a little dam, a little wall of stones on the edge of the river or the stream, and the water would collect in there and be still, and the sheep would come, even in the midst of the running fearful stream of water, and find stilled waters, and they'd be at rest. What a beautiful picture. What a wonderful promise. That in the midst of life's turbulence, in the midst of life's troubles, God can bring his people to a state of rest, to a place of peace, to an experience of tranquility. And here we are in the middle of a global pandemic. We're in the middle of a national crisis here in the United States, We're doing things we've hardly ever done in our history. We're not sure what the outcome is. We know the threat that this is, not only to life, but our economy. But God is saying in this Psalm to you and to me and to our friends, that he wants to provide stilled waters. He wants to refresh us. He wants to bring rest to us in the midst of it. I mean, think about David the author, right? David wrote this to us about Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside stilled waters. David knows this experience. David has known trials. His life, sadly, has been marked by murder, incest, betrayal, adultery, civil war, and the killing of his son. Yet he is telling us now at the end of life, looking back, having gone through all of that stuff, He led me beside stilled waters. In the midst of that, I caught my breath. In the midst of that, I knew the hush of heaven. In the midst of that, He gave me refreshment when everything was draining my strength and resolve. Friends, that's the image, have you ever been threatened by a set of circumstances like sheep beside a flowing stream of water? Have you ever been threatened by a set of circumstances that causes you to draw back in fear because you get a sense that if this keeps going or you get any deeper into this, this will pull you under? That's the image. And yet God was able to provide peace for David.
0: You're listening to Philip de Corsi here on Know the Truth. Today's broadcast is just the start of a message titled More Than Adequate. It's from Philip's latest series titled Psalms of Trust, Statements of Faith, also available for listening at ktt.org. Well, if you're new to know the truth, welcome. We want to give you a free copy of Philip's new devotional booklet titled Resting in God's Faithfulness just for reaching out to us. This devotional encourages believers to practically embrace God's faithfulness to face the burdens and choices of life. And you can request your copy online at ktt.org or call 888-644-8811. Now, whether you have a loved one or a friend who's going through a loss, or if you could use some encouragement yourself, there's another resource we'd like you to have. It's titled Seasons of Sorrows, the Pain of Loss and the Comfort of God by Tim Chalys. In this book, Tim shares real-life reflections from the first year of grief after losing his son, introducing readers to what he describes as the ministry of sorrow. Readers will learn how biblical doctrine can work itself out even in life's most difficult situations and discover how to pass through times of grief while keeping your faith. This resource is yours with a gift of any amount in support of Know the Truth. And when your gift is $40 or more, you'll also receive the Psalms of Trust personal devotional booklet, a helpful companion resource to go along with our current series. Just call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. And on behalf of everyone at Know the Truth, thank you for playing a vital role in this ministry. It's the generosity of listeners like you that allows us to bring the hope of the gospel to radio stations around the country. Now, with a few more words to share, here again is Pastor Philip.
1: Yes, I just want to take a moment to thank our listeners for their support of Know the Truth. At Know the Truth, we believe the Bible is the inerrant Word of God, full of life-changing power and applicable to every aspect of our lives. And that's why, in addition to this radio broadcast, we offer our listeners numerous resources such as books, study guides, and other resources, you can find them over on our website at ktt.org. And while you're there, you'll also have access to our free sermon archive, where you can download and share full messages and entire series. And if you want a convenient way to listen on the go, you can download the useful KTT app directly from our site. You'll find a link on the homepage as well as links to our social media channels, which make it easy for listeners to stay up to date on all things Know the Truth and easily share the gospel message with others. Because when you share KTT, you share gospel truth. And that's what this ministry is all about. I hope the resources here at Know the Truth encourage you and your loved ones to grow closer to God, equip you to serve Him with excellence, and prepare you for a glorious future in heaven.
0: Thank you, Philip. And you'll find links to these resources and more at ktt.org. One more thing, if you'd like to stay up to date with timely news, events, and encouraging content from Know the Truth, then connect with us on social media. You'll find us on most major platforms when you search for Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. I'm Wayne Shepard. Glad you joined us today. Come back tomorrow when Philip DeCourcy unpacks more of the hope, peace, and protection promised in Psalm 23.